Welcome to the Pet Loss Companion. I'm Ken Dolan Del Vecchio. I'm here with my friend and co-author, Nancy Saxton Lopez. This is a program that we do every Thursday from 6 p.m. Eastern to about 6.30, give or take. And it is an opportunity to take the information that we gathered and compiled into a book called The Pet Loss Companion, Healing Advice from Family Therapists Who Lead Pet Loss Groups, to take all that we learned and to reach an even broader audience through this new medium, through the Facebook Live and YouTube Live, and also the various podcast outlets that this program is is broadcast on. And we very much like to hear from you. And you can reach us at our email addresses. Mine is kenddv at gmail.com. Nancy's is N Saxton Lopez. That's N S A X T O N L O P E Z at C S M P C dot com. And when you write to us, if you are okay with us sharing your letter on our program, we are likely to do that because that really is very helpful to other people. If you're not comfortable doing that or you're not comfortable having parts of the share, that's fine too. Just let us know. In any case, we will get back to you. We'll get back to you with, with our response to your note. And so please consider writing to us if you'd like to share a story. Also, you can recommend a guest for the show. You can recommend a topic. So we're open to your thoughts and ideas. You can support our work in a number of ways through Venmo, through PayPal, through monthly subscription, all of the above information, everything that I'm describing right now is captured in the description for the program, which follows beneath either the video cast or the audio cast that you're listening to. This program is a friend of Dakin Humane Society, which is in Springfield, Massachusetts. And for more information on Dakin, you can go to Dakin Humane, that's D-A-K-I-N-H-U-M-A-N-E.org and learn more about all the programs that they offer. One of those programs is a monthly cost-free mm-hmm. Zoom pet loss group that I facilitate. I can tell you that Nancy and I have been facilitating pet loss groups for a very long time, <laughs> Nancy, for more than... 30 years, me for 14 years. And so we've been doing this for a long time. And it's something that we feel great privilege in providing. And this is a group that I facilitate. It is usually on the second Tuesday of the month and it runs 6 6 p.m. Eastern to 7.30 p.m. Eastern time. There's an RSVP link in the program description. The next The next meeting is going to be on June 13th, and I'd like to stress that this is free. There's no cost to you, and you can can zoom in from anywhere, and we have people from all over the U.S. and all over the English-speaking world and places where people speak English or have learned to speak English, but not necessarily everybody in their country does. So don't hesitate to join us. It's very poignant and and helpful meeting for all involved. And I always learn stuff as well, every every one of these programs, every one of these meetings. Please consider pressing the subscribe button on YouTube if you find this program valuable, because the more people who subscribe on YouTube, the more readily the program is discoverable by those who are seeking for it, so or seeking help, I should say, looking for help with pet loss. We've learned from a number of people that they found the program through searching on YouTube for a, a resource. So 
consider doing that. The link is on the in the description as well. And Nancy, you want to get us started? Yes, tonight. Well, first of all, I would like to send my sincere condolences to a very close friend of mine, Kristen, and her husband, Peter, who lost their Izzy last night. Well, and, you know, just needed to say that. Um, the other thing I wanted to emphasize, too, that Ken has said, and we've said over and over, is it's really helpful to write your story. Mm -hmm. um, even if you don't send it to us, even if, you know, we don't share it on air, it's helpful to kind of move all of that, all of those emotions out, you know, as you go through the grieving process. So tonight we have, um, we've talked about throughout our podcasts that the death through accidents. And that is so incredibly difficult for people, um, even though they are accidents, right? And not intentional. So our two stories tonight, I'm gonna to talk, or I'm going to share Claire's story. She's in the UK and she lost first her beloved cat, Coco Bean, and then Pumpkin was killed in an accident, another beautiful cat of hers. And, and this is Coco Bean being hugged by Marbles, mm -hmm. their other cat. I am a podcast listener from Derbyshire in the UK. I discovered your podcast last year while navigating my grief following the loss of a beloved family cat. I've listened for a while and wanted to share a story of two tragic losses in a short space of time. In 2010, I bought my first home with my husband and we decided to adopt a cat from the shelter. We'd both always grown up with animals, cats especially, and I felt it was a great idea to give a shelter cat a safe and loving home. We ended up adopting a very scared and shy rescue boy, which we named Coco Bean. He was overlooked by all of the people visiting the shelter as he would cower in the corner and hiss at anyone who went near him. He seemed quite untamed. I felt I could spend the time and give him the love he needed to feel safe, and that's exactly what we did. Over the years, he grew to be my companion and little shadow. In his later years, his health started to decline when he suddenly lost his hearing. He managed to cope with this quite well and adapted to life as a deaf cat. Last January, we decided to try adopting a second cat. We knew it would be difficult integrating a new cat into our home, but we felt that we had the time and patience to do it. We went to a local charity shelter and were offered a cat who had been stray for two years, living in a large wooded area in a nearby city with a colony of stray and feral cats. Once we adopted her and brought her home, we could see how scared she was of people. But with time and lots of treats, she grew to trust us, and then we were able to integrate her with Coco Bean. Things couldn't have gone smoother. We were amazed that our newest rescue, Marbles, loved Coco Bean. She would groom him, lay next to him, and follow him everywhere. Occasionally, Coco Bean would swipe her away, but most of the time, they were inseparable. Later last year, Coco Bean's health deteriorated again. This time, he required hospitalization for suspected pancreatitis. We started treating him for that, but sadly, he didn't improve. We went on for more tests, and the vet determined that he had a tumor on his lung. We were devastated. He was almost 16 years old, so we knew we had to accept that he was nearing 
end of life, but it felt so sudden and unexpected. We weren't ready to say goodbye yet. We gave him steroids and painkillers for a few weeks whilst we weighed up the options. Treatment was limited and didn't carry a good prognosis, so we ultimately knew what we had needed to do. After lots of sleepless nights and tears, we decided we would have Coco being put to sleep in our home. He found going to the vet very stressful, so we wanted him to be peaceful in peaceful surroundings with his companion marbles nearby. When the day came, we were terribly sad. Marble seemed to sense what was going on and spent the whole day laying by his side with her paws over him, almost in a sort of cat hug. When the vet came to perform the procedure, she remarked at how lovely they were together. We chose a three-step euthanasia procedure, which involves a sedation, where you were able to say goodbye to your pet as they feel sleepy, then a much deeper sedation, where they are no longer aware of their surroundings, and then the final injection to end their life. It went peacefully, and we cried at how Marbles refused to leave Coco Bean's side and remained pressed against his body the whole time. When he died, she began grooming his body. It was heartbreaking to watch. The vet remarked on how rare it was to see two non-litter mates bonded like this. After Coco Bean's passing, we talked about the possibility of adopting another stray cat that needed a home. It was difficult to think about at first as it felt like almost kind of a betrayal to Coco Bean's memory. Marble seemed down and a little lost since he passed, so we tried our best to keep her company. Eventually, in December, we went to the shelter to see if any of the cats there could be suitable to live with us and Marbles. We found a cat that had been in the shelter for months, two years old, and had previously been found as a pregnant stray. Her kittens had all been adopted, but she had been left behind. We loved her immediately. She came up to me and rubbed her face into my hand, just like my little cocoa bean had used to do. Eventually, she came home with us, and we named her Pumpkin. She quickly grew accustomed to the house, and the integration between cats began. It wasn't as easy or smooth as with cocoa bean, but eventually they settled and started to groom each other and sleep near each other. It was again amazing for us to see this happen so quickly. Pumpkin's personality was unique. She was loving and quirky, always getting into mischief and loved to play. She also loved to play with marbles. They would want run about the house like mad things. What happened next was so unexpected. On Tuesday, Pumpkin was sadly hit by her neighbor's car in an accident. She died immediately. We are devastated. She was so young and full of life. We had so much more love to give her but it was taken away in the blink of an eye. We were not prepared to lose another pet in such a short window of time. It feels so unfair, but we are, are trying to focus on the positives of what we were able to give Pumpkin in those four months free in her home. She brought a lot of joy into our lives in such a small space of time. Pumpkin also gave love and companionship to our other cat marbles. We are grateful for the time we were able to share, but I feel a sense of guilt by allowing her outside and her only experiencing a loving home for a short time. I know we are not alone in our loss. All of our neighbors joined us in grief as they loved seeing Pumpkin sleeping in the bay window of our house was her, was her favorite spot. We had such a short amount of time with Pumpkin, but it feels as painful as the loss we felt in Coco being passed after so many years together. I sadly lost both of my parents at a young age. I told my partner the pumpkin's death seemed to remind me of my father's when he was also hit and killed by a car without a chance to say goodbye. Maybe this is why the pain feels so raw. We know we can't change what has happened, and there was no one at fault. 
We both want to remember all the positives of our time with our past companions. And even though we fear the pain of the same thing happening again, we want to help as many animals as we can that need loving home. homes. I've included some photos of Coco Bean and Marbles on his last day and a recent photo of Pumpkin. Your podcast has brought be a lot of comfort being able to hear the stories of others, which has led me to want to share my story with you both. Although we've had two recent losses and things are painful right now, we have our wonderful and loving Camp Marbles, who feels our grief. She hasn't left our side since Pumpkin passed. We will continue to navigate the grief and move forward. I'm sure in the future we will find another rescue cat to join our family. Even though there's always that fear of uncertainty, we head into it anyway because we have so much love to give. Thank you for creating the podcast and allowing people like myself to share our pet love stories. What a beautiful, her, her, how she emotionalizes this, what she's thinking of, how she's explaining that even though how painful and devastating it is, that they will move on and love again, right? Yeah, I love what she says. I'm sure in the future we'll find another rescue cat to join our family because we have so much love to give. Yeah. Even though they realize the the terrible pain of their grief at the at the moment. Right. And the just the calmness and equanimity about the accident. And yeah. it's a very you know, it's a very, very hard thing when your pet is killed in that way. And I experienced that and one of, mm-hmm. my, one of my cats and it's just really devastating. And, right. <clears throat> and uh, they've been through many losses and I'm sure that what she said makes it even more resonant because of mm-hmm. her father having died in a yes. way. I mean, it, every loss, every major loss reawakens right. earlier losses. And if there's any sort of similarity like this, it tends to be really, really powerful in doing that. So exactly. it makes it makes a lot of sense that it's it's a very hard thing and and the way that they talk about caring for their cats all, all of whom were the cats that were less likely to be I know to be adopted <laughs> it's just really sweet that they do that so and and I always appreciate it when people share stories of accidents because yeah. they're so painful that many people will just you know just torture themselves about it having happened and the reality is that accidents happen and we've talked about this a lot and we 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 got a note from from a a listener who had a similar kind of thing involved in an automobile accident and and a dog and it's just so devastated and i i just think that it's very courageous and incredibly generous for people to share these kinds of stories because when others hear them hopefully it gives them a bit of solace to know that unfortunately this kind of stuff happens we try the best we can we're not able to control our pets every movement at every moment sometimes these things happen well and also i think that there's a there's a depth of of feelings or 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 loving or caring or understanding or awareness that comes out of this. It sometimes changed your life. I mean, why I'm in, one of the reasons I'm in this field is that when I was 11 and I was a young kid Mm -hmm. and I lived on a major road and 
I was crossing, you know, going to cross the road to go home off the school bus in the afternoon. And Skippy, my Skippy, would come across the road to meet me. And then we walk across, you know, to the house together. And one afternoon, he got distracted. And I had already walked over the road, you know, across the road. And I turned around to look, and he saw me on the other side of the road, the bus is left, and he started, and a car hit him. And as a little kid, I mean, I it's still as fresh in my memory. You can tell the images there. Yeah. Right. And of course, I lived on a farm, right? So everyone was, oh, that's oh, we'll get another dog for you. Mm-hmm. But not having that support has stuck in my mind. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And yeah. it is still there. And every time I would do the group, I would think of that about how important it was to be present for those who were having such a hard time, you know, losing their animals. And really a defining moment in your life. Yeah. It really, yeah. it really was. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we want to thank Claire Claire for sharing this story. Again, very courageous, and we really appreciate it. And and so we'll move on now to Brittany, mm-hmm. and she shares a story that takes place in the context of her family. And again, you know, these things happen, and it's very courageous and generous of her to share mm-hmm. the story with us. So here she, she writes, hi, Nancy and Ken. I just found your podcast tonight and oh my goodness, I feel like it has saved me. I had no idea resources like this were out there. I only wish I'd found it earlier this week. I needed to hear the validation you give to know I'm not losing my mind and others have experienced what I'm going through. I've just felt like the worst dog mom. How many times have we heard that? Yeah, And I felt certain if others knew the whole story of what happened, I would never be allowed to adopt another dog again. Feel free to share any part of my story. I'm sorry it's long. You don't need to be sorry. (laughs) It was very therapeutic to finally face what happened. And once I started, it just flowed. We rescued our sweet Kona puppy about four years ago. And here's Kona. Such a beautiful, sweet, cute old dog. Kona's in the car. Kona's with dad. Always on the lap. (laughs) She was a medium-sized black dog who almost resembled a black lab. When I saw her, I knew immediately she was ours. She was the caboose to our four children. My kids always joked that she was the youngest and most spoiled child of the family. Kona was everything for us. She had to be with us at all times. And if anyone sat or laid down, she had to be on them for snuggles. She rode with us everywhere. She slept on our bed. She just adored us, and we adored her. She became our emotional support for one of our neurodivergent kids who relied on her for comfort. We just needed and depended on her, and she on us. About a week ago, my heart races even as I attempt to type this. On a regular Tuesday night, we were going out for, we were going about our evening. We had just come in from playing in the front yard, running around with Kona. I was feeding my kids dinner and getting ready to take my oldest son to karate. Kona didn't run to the garage door to come with us, which wasn't unusual as she sometimes decides to snooze away on the couch in my office 
after outside playtime with the kids. When we got home, however, it became evident something was wrong because she didn't come to the door to greet us. We started calling for her through the house. My other three children running around looking for her. I thought she had somehow slipped back outside when we were coming in from playing earlier. I started to panic. That had been almost 45 minutes ago. I instructed my 10-year-old to stay with his two little sisters, six and eight, while I went to the front yard and started calling for her. I yelled and whistled. I yelled, treat, as she would always come for that. It wasn't long until all of a sudden I heard screaming from back inside the house. I rushed inside to find my three children hysterical, hysterically uh, hysterical. All of a sudden I heard screaming. I'm sorry, I'm finding this hard to to read. My kids had gone upstairs to my son's closet for a toy and instead found Kona dead in the closet. She had a bag of gummy bears around her nose. My son had received those for his 10th birthday the day before. He started screaming it was his fault. He had killed the dog. I had asked him earlier that day to please leave the gummy bears in the kitchen and not upstairs. I held my kids close told my son over and over it was not his fault. Her heart had just stopped and she had had one last treat before it was her time to leave us. I knew in my heart, heart though, the reality she had suffocated in the bag. Mm -hmm. It would be a few days before he would even enter his room again. He was terrified to even look at his closet. I hold him close, tell him he's safe, and it was her time to go and it had nothing to do with him. We tell him his room was a happy place mm -hmm. for Kona. She felt safe to leave this world there. There are no words to describe the moment of sharing the news with my 11-year-old son when he returned home from a fun night to find out his best friend was suddenly gone. He is on the spectrum, the autism spectrum, and Kona was his constant in a yeah. world of unpredictability. Mm -hmm. That night, all four kids slept around me and my husband in our bed. As you can imagine, no one really slept. We all just held each other and sobbed. I packed up everything that was hers and put it in bags in the garage because the pain was just so excruciating. I kept thinking she would just walk through the door. I kept imagining her just sitting in her usual spots. I heard her nails clicking across the kitchen, her collar jingling. Those first days, I couldn't eat. I didn't sleep. I was a zombie with constant, sudden bouts of sobbing. I cried with my kids. We would just hold each other and sob. They kept asking me why, and I do my best to comfort them, say all the right things, even though I don't believe for myself the comfort I'm giving them. The kids know nothing of the real reason for her passing. My husband and I tell them about how quickly animals pass, sometimes unexpectedly when they're young. They don't know that dogs can suffocate in bags. Because I know the true reason for her passing, I feel like I'm drowning in my grief. I can't stop playing the evening out over and over in my head, thinking of every moment I could have just walked upstairs to save her, every moment mm -hmm. I could have called out for her. There I was making dinner and she was suffering just upstairs. I blame myself for the bag. Mm -hmm. I should have and could have prevented this. She should be here with us now. Those first few days after her passing, I kept thinking it was all a bad dream. My brain wanted to resist the reality and bring her back somehow. She should be here. She should be coming into the room any minute. Our home is full of the absence of her. She was in every moment of ours. My kids continue to grieve, each in their own way. 
my six-year-old wants pictures and memories, so I made her a picture book to carry around. My 10-year-old cries in the mornings for her as she's not there to give puppy kisses, so I hold him and give all the kisses for Kona. My 8-year-old says very little about it, though I keep checking in with her. And my 11-year-old refuses to even look at a picture of her and sobs every night for his empty bed where she would usually sleep. I'm showing up the best way I know how to for them, my husband, but I'm a mess. She was my baby. I talk to her when I'm alone. I hold her collar and lay on her favorite spots and sob my apologies to her, ask her to forgive me for cutting her life short. Short. I feel like I failed her. I think about how frightened and confused she was, praying she didn't suffer. There is no part of our lives that hasn't been touched by this loss. Yesterday was exactly one week, Tuesday night again. As I started to get ready to take my son to karate, I felt the need and pull to go upstairs to stop my sweet pup from dying. We received word her ashes are ready to pick, to be picked up, and I just can't seem to bring myself to get them. This grief is different from any other type of loss I've experienced. It has so many complicated layers. I'm trying to give myself grace in this process, and I'm so very thankful for finding your podcast. I've already listened to so many of the stories that have been shared. Each story, with each story, the guilt and shame I've been carrying is eased a little bit more. Thank you, Brittany. I how heartbreaking. I it's hard to have any words about that. It's yeah. so horrific, and how sad. Incredibly sad. Sad and, and, and you know that she she spells out all the things that we go through, all mm -hmm. that we go through, the, the wishing, you know, trying to bring ourselves back in time and, yeah. and uh, prevent this from happening and save it, save her from happening and it, save her. And from she dying. blames herself. I do. I will say this. She was amazing with her kids. Yeah. yeah. I mean, as a role model, crying with her kids, yep. holding her kids, yep. trying to be attentive to all of their needs and their questions and what they need. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yep. And, and it's responding to each of them and they're according right. to their individual sensibilities, right? Amazing. So different reaction, different ways of supporting each, each different personality. Yeah. But I, yeah, she can't help but feel guilty, right? This is, it's, it was course. an accident, yeah, course, but that's, yeah. you know, and that's These what things happen. I, I believe I wrote back to her that right after I received her note, I was going to take my two dogs out and they had chewed up this plastic, I don't know uh -huh. what this plastic, this black piece of plastic, there were all these little shards of plastic around. And I was thinking, I, I still don't know what, what it was. But thankfully, they didn't swallow any of them, and they weren't traumatized by it. But, but these things happen. I happen. mean, you know, dogs find things. Yeah. They're curious, and they are they're nosing around everywhere, and they find things that they shouldn't find, and they chew them up, and they eat them, and they stick their faces in, and they get stuck in things, and. And they don't look when they cross the roads. Yeah, and they don't look when they cross the road, and I mean, they they. They jump off things when they've got a leash around their neck. I mean, yeah. like, you know, all kinds of things that that are just accidental. And there's we do the best we can and yeah. things happen. And so 
I mean, the one thing I think about this story that at some point her, her kids are probably going to learn about the yeah. substation and then there'll be a conversation about that. She's decided that this isn't the time for that. And that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And, but you know, that this might be hard for them to understand. Yeah. And, and so one of the things that I think that one of the points about grief and loss that I think her story brings up really poignantly is that we revisit it and we, f- we learn more about the, the, what happened and we learn, we learn different ways of coping with what happened when there's an accident, you know? So we're, we're, we, we process things differently as we go exactly. through developmental periods. And so she, she did, she did remarkably. Yes. She did amazing. And well. this is the kind of thing that this is the kind of story that her kids will, will come back to and that she'll come back to. And, it's just part of life. We live alongside our grief. We we, we rework it That's over, right. over and over again. Yeah, yeah. We have a number of comments from one of our listeners who I'm going to just show them all. So this is an intense trauma, Nancy. I'm so sorry for your loss. And then thank you, Brittany. She is still with you and she always mm-hmm. will be. She did a silly puppy thing and sometimes it bites them. <laughs> Don't feel guilty. She's with you and she will send you a, a new companion. Very could be, yes. Yeah. And I believe she is sorry too. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure. I mean, we the love that we have. And thank you for those comments. Yes, thank you. Very and, much. And uh, One Kenobi. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> thank you for those comments. And... You know, again, we, we, when, when, when there's a loss in the family, everybody organizes around it. And it sounds like she's been doing amazing, amazing work. And I, and I hope that she is able to continue to feel a little better over time. It's been a bit of time now. We received this note. In March, right? And the very end of March. Yeah. It's been a little bit of time. We'd be happy to hear back from her on, you know, how she's, how she and her family are doing at this point. And, and again, one of the reasons that we wanted to share these stories is that they're common. These kinds of things happen a lot. Yeah. The, world, the world has lots of accidents waiting to happen yeah. in it for all of us. And we, we, we desperately try to avoid them. And sometimes they find us and have these kinds of really extraordinarily painful consequences. Yeah. And we just, we just have to keep going. We have to understand that we do the best we can, but we just can't control everything. We can, and we'd like to because they are our animals and our our wonderful companions, and we're so responsible. But yeah, it doesn't yep. matter. But yep. we really want to thank Brittany from for that yep. for really sharing that story. And we want to thank Claire. And we want yeah. to remind you if you if you can uh, subscribe on YouTube, that would be helpful. Again, it helps people yeah. to learn about the program as a resource. So that would be something that if you if you could do that that would be we'd appreciate it yeah yeah and thanks we will Nancy. See you next week forward to talking with you again next week take care everybody